0: if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period and it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone, so you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Uh, My final guest for this season, um, although this, actually, I'm planning to do a kind of an additional episode after this. It'll be a bonus for people who are Patrons on Patreon, if you'd like to see it. I'm going to talk about my plans for the podcast because this is the end of my eighth season. So it's just amazing to me that it's gone on this far. And if I make it to 10 seasons, well, something has to be done to celebrate that. Having said that, I would like to introduce our guest today. Um, After studying journalism, he worked as a registered nurse for for many years before turning to fiction writing. He is the author of the Peter Clancy novels, as well as a thriller called Fury's War, which he co wrote with his wife, Kay Bell. My guest today, it's my pleasure to introduce Thomas Bell, who writes under the name T.W. Lawless. Hi, Tom. Greg. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Excellent. I've had a coffee. I'm fine.
0: Oh, yes. You're always fine once you have that coffee. Yeah. Amen to that. So how are things in Australia?
1: <laughs> well, fine at the moment. Uh, I think the weather's okay today. Yeah, well, we live near the sea, which is always okay. We love the sea. But yeah, we it's a weekend. But, mm-hmm. What's today? I'm getting confused with time difference. It's Saturday today.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's Friday where I am and it's Saturday. where I, know, where I am. Like, it, it always feel like
1: <laughs> Australia, oh, we live in the future.
0: that's right yeah everything's going to be fine because yeah everything's fine in Australia you just got to
1: get to Saturday
0: (laughs) just take it one day at a time one time zone at a time (laughs) Uh, let's see I wanted to ask you about Fury's War first because for me it was a really interesting read because you you were writing about World War II but you were writing about it from an Australian perspective and that's something that I've just never read. Um, that's true.
1: That's true.
0: Yeah. So what inspired you to write that book?
1: Um, well, I guess my father, because he, well, North Queensland, We, the family came from North Queensland, from a small country town, which was, you know, a bit like the one in uh, the book. And, you know, Sleepy, the gold. Russia had gone and um, basically the town was a ghost town. It becoming a ghost town until the Americans came in the 1942 or whatever, wanting an air force base. So that's what happened. An air force base arrived and an Australian air force base arrived. And there was this big influx of you know, military people plus a big cultural impact so this country town it became vibrant with all these american troops like thousands mm. and of course you know people loved it some people didn't like it you know it changed uh, the the town but all over australia that happened and they wanted to be in northern australia because it was the access to papua new guinea and the pacific islands and some of those stories in there are true it's, sometimes the Australian troops didn't like the American troops because they were better paid and Australian girls got, you know, liking the American troops and Australians didn't like that. And of course, boys being boys, you know, some fights and whatnot. So and I just put that layer of uh, the police officer, you know, trying to navigate his way through that and keep law and order. And, um, you know, sometimes working with the trying to work with the Americans because he'd been in the military with the Americas and um, trying to keep his t- town stable through all this. So I thought it was a different spin on things because I don't, well, I don't think peacetime, uh, war, not, not peacetime, but the home front, you know, don't often hear about the home front in, especially Australia, I think maybe it was the first, I don't know. Well, it's it was the a first great I've read it. <laughs> yeah, it was a great to re, uh, to write and to work with my wife and whatnot. Yeah, so we got through that okay unscathed and, you know, we were you know, creative differences, but we got through it and it came out to be a great book.
0: But how did you handle your creative differences?
1: Uh, just usually, you know, to argue and then I my wife always wins and I let her win and... Uh, no, we just work it out eventually. You know, We just have discussions and whatnot and so that you will just look at the end process and it all seems to work in the end. It, uh, I think I'm, I've never co-authored a book with anyone. I don't think that, I don't know if that happens very often, but, you know, it was, it was something different to do.
0: I think it's happening on more frequently than it was in the past, especially with self-publishing.
1: Yeah, like I've seen... Authors like James Patterson, didn't he do a book with Bill Clinton? And I think he's done one with Dolly Parton, mm. I think. But, but that's James Patterson anyway. But, yeah, maybe it is becoming more common. I think because he two heads are better than one, as they? say.
0: I've had really good luck collaborating on screenplays with people.
1: Oh, that's right. you describe discreetly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really a wonderful process, I think. Do you find that uh, it helps you as a writer to collaborate with somebody else?
1: Oh, I, I could do it in isolation. Like, even if we're not having written a book together, we, of course, Kay's a writer also. We can talk over ideas, flesh out things and like try this sort of stuff. I think it really works. I don't think maybe being a writer by yourself is a little bit, isolating, you know, you you need to work with other people. I think sometimes try out your ideas on people and see if they work and not work.
0: I think that's absolutely true. Uh, Let's see, you've also published several Peter Clancy novels. Tell us about Peter Clancy and what went into creating that character.
1: Peter Clancy, yeah, well, once again, I thought, you know, an Australian character because you see, you see these thriller books being dominated by British characters, um, American characters, and now uh, Scandinavian characters I see in other people. But I thought maybe something different. You know, well, I'm Australian, I sort of understand the place a little bit. Uh, you know, I wanted to go away from the detectives, the uh, private eyes, Try maybe a journalist, you know, an investigative journalist, and try to pay homage to, you know, what a, how a journalist would acquire a story. So that's I just thought about it and started, what, 2012 or whatever, wrote, wrote the first book, and I've been sort of going since, trying out different scenarios, and, you know, now I'm up to, like book six, uh, start, you know, you sort of started out in a. The idea came from when I was young. There used to be a publication called The Melbourne Truth, which is now defunct. And my mother used to get it because it had the race guide in it, but it was renowned as a being a bit racy. It, you know, it had a page three girl and, you know, those scandal stories. And I thought, I wonder what, what it's like working for a paper like that. So that's uh-huh. part of the idea where where he where Peter Clancy was born and you know it, that's he was, that was in the first two books but um, you know they made up stories sometimes and and they'd do anything to get a story and so that's where Peter Clancy was born and based for a little while.
0: Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, now your latest release, um, Beach Days. Deals with some pretty serious issues, uh, very relevant issues. Can you talk about those?
1: Well, once again, um, dealing with the environment, and I've always had a thing about the environment, how people treat it, and you, know, and you know, talking about also having bad neighbors, and I think, I think we were living down. Uh, just outside Melbourne, at a peninsula, and there was you know stories going around of illegal dumping, and because people didn't want to get paid, the, the going to the dump to dump rubbish, you have to pay in Australia, and then you have got to sort out the rubbish into different classifications, and so some people were just dumping it, and then apparently I'd heard uh, people will dump rubbish like building site rubbish because some building property develops aren't the nicest people in the world and they don't want to have to pay all that money to dump the, the rubbish. So they'll just pay someone and they'll just dump it anywhere. Farmland mm-hmm. or by the side of the highway. So there's this big industry and this made me angry about why they're doing this. And I also read stories about the underworld being involved in illegal dumping because it's uh, a way of laundering money. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, yeah, Peter Clancy, uh, could put him in there and, you know, he comes, has a heart attack and I thought, you know, he just wants some peace and quiet and, of course, he never does peace and quiet. So that's what happened. I just took it from there and all corruption and other elements to make it exciting. Excellent. But, yeah, I think it is a problem across the world. I've even heard stories about the mafia are involved in dumping, legal dumping of rubbish. Of course, it's toxic waste. And then you hear stories about they dump asbestos. I heard stories in Australia, they're dumping asbestos anywhere they want to.
0: My goodness. Serious situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, What are your plans for the series? Do you... Envision a certain number of books that you're going to write, or do you just plan to keep writing them until you get tired
1: um, of it? I'm in a sort of state of flux at the moment. I've sort of gotten halfway through a walk, current book, but uh, I'd like to go on a holiday first because we haven't had our holiday to Greece yet. So, and that got, of course, cancelled during COVID. So maybe after that, I'll write another book. So it's I don't know if it's writer's block, but I think it's sort of like wanting to go on a holiday overseas, sort of situation at the moment. Because I wouldn't uh, mind
0: taking one myself.
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, I think everyone wants to go on a holiday, and the airlines took took hold of that because some of the you know the airfares are just so have been very exorbitant. Uh, I think they're coming down now, but I know COVID affected a lot of lives. I think we cancelled three times.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's amazing yeah because we've been really careful about not going places and it's just like when can we actually go somewhere
1: i <laughs> know uh, is it uh, still there's no lockdowns now in america is there
0: not lockdowns no right now you know it depends on what state you're in it depends on what political persuasion you are yeah <laughs> it depends on yeah, what like- you believe it's so confusing. Yeah, before we
1: couldn't, um, we couldn't go to different states without having permits and whatnot. It was a real, I don't know, it was like being in a war or something a situation. You were sort of locked down, you can't do this. We were a bit luckier here in New South Wales. It was a bit more relaxed, but uh, in Victoria and Melbourne, that had the st- strictest lockdown laws in the world. And of course, we've got a second house there, so to get there was quite hard at times. And you had to be checked at the airport with your permit. And if you didn't have your permit, you get sent back. And it's really, um, it was a really strange time.
0: Yeah, it's been, absolutely. Mm. Um, What authors have most inspired you to write? Authors. What authors are your favorites, Um, most inspire you?
1: There's different types. I've always loved history than anything else, but I guess thriller authors I liked. Um, trying to think of the top of my head, Um LA Confidential author. James Elroy? James Elroy, yeah. I read some of his books years ago, and I liked the dryness of that, <laughs> the punchiness of it, and sort of the way he spoke in the narrative. I thought, oh, I like that. Um, it's very is that
0: terse? Is what comes terse?
1: Yeah, it. I like terse, uh, and it seemed like realistic. Yes, and I yes. also liked uh, I know Frederick Forsythe, he's he, like he did Day of the Jackal. I always liked him as an author.
0: Mm. You yeah, know, that's something I've I've always meant to read Day of the Jackal and Theo. Yeah.
1: Really well crafted book mm. for uh, action. Intention.
0: And um, how much research do you usually do when you're working on a novel?
1: Um, yeah, I think even when you write a, a fiction book, you still have to do some research because you might be dealing with some legal situations. And I think in one of the books, I didn't know, well, I didn't know anything about cocaine. I used cocaine. <laughs> I thought, I've never dealt with cocaine. I mean, not even as a nurse, I dealt with other types of drugs, but I, I asked someone who'd had some knowledge of it and experience with it about cocaine. So, yeah, you have to do those things sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes police procedures, legal procedure, in the beach days was dealing with how counts, you know, the layers of government and whatnot, that sort of stuff, and about illegal bin, bin dumping. So, yeah. Sometimes looking up forensics, um, asking people about forensics, you know, like I've dealt being a nurse, but you're not in doing pathology or whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so you know, you have to do it sometimes, ask people
0: to, to make it, more it realistic right. because obviously, you know, you don't work in those areas. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what advice would you give to someone who would like to make a career in writing?
1: Make a career, uh, be prepared for the pitfalls and the, the, you know, the ups and the downs and be persistent and tenacious. Just keep writing through it all even when it's not going so well. Um, get involved with other writers and talk to each other. You still, you can become isol- isolated at times. So, you, you know, you need to download and flesh out sometimes ideas with other people and the industry I found the hardest, one of the hardest part is trying to find out the industry how it works the printing you know the and especially when all the social media turned up how social media works because when I started it was all newspapers and radios like I did newspaper interviews and radio interviews and that's sort of par se now so it's like podcasts and you know your social media account. You know who's following me on Instagram. That's all. How I had to navigate that? Trying to work out how's that work? Because it does it going to work for me? So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I hear that. It's like so much has changed over the last ten or twenty years that it is yeah. astonishing.
1: I know. So who? Oh, I, when I first started, I didn't know what a blog was. Now I'm finding out what a podcast is. And, podcasts seem to be the thing and latest thing I read about in book trend is audible books. So uh, you, you have to have a look at that one too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing what's going on in media in general.
1: I know. Mm. Legacy media they call it, the term I heard the other day, you know the. newspapers yeah.
0: Legacy publishing, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. I have always been fascinated with Australia because it's so far from where I am and because you guys are in a whole different hemisphere. I know. No. Um,
1: but it's your cousins from down under.
0: <laughs> well, I just think it's really awesome. I'll never forget sending a book to a reader in Australia and including a note that said, I can't believe I am sending a book to, to a reader who reads me in Australia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know it. The thing about sending books from Australia to people in Low like America, is the cost. Yes. But luckily, yes. now worked out through Ingram, you can just send it from a factory in America, which costs a whole lot less. I think to send a book from Australia would probably cost me over $20, which is probably more than the cost of the book. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> something about, like, I've always been fascinated why we live so far away from everywhere else, right? like, <laughs> Europe or America or, or thereabouts. You know, so we're so far away, and you—you know—you just got to get a jump on a plane, go across the Atlantic, and you're in Europe. It's like it's—that's—that's a short wow. trip for us. <laughs> short trip, like, but um, Australia
0: would be a long trip for me.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, it's probably 17 or 18 hours. It's like a nearly a day. I know that because when you get to Europe or whatever, you're just totally wasted. Mm. You know, on a plane.
0: Well, it'd be worth it just so I could see Australia at least once.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you haven't you haven't been to Australia? Yet? I have
0: not. I've not seen Australia or New Zealand, two places. That well, I'm you're interested going to
1: have to come. In. You're going to have to visit.
0: I have to do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, positively.
1: Um, well, we live north of Sydney near the beach, which is really beautiful. So you're welcome to stay.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> I'll have to run this by my husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
1: Um. Buy the book. Read the book. Read the whole <laughs> series. Follow me. All that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: Follow Tom. Follow T. W. Lawless. That's it. Check out Beach Days, check out Peter Clancy, and definitely check out Fury's War if you want a different take on World War II. That's right. <laughs> amen.
1: <Hey>.
0: Australia, Amen.
1: <laughs> I couldn't you, resist. Is there any TV shows, throwing TV shows you watch?
0: Ah, TV shows? Oh my gosh. Well, oh, where would I begin? Um there's a number of things on Netflix I watch. <laughs> We could could go into all that in the bonus episode. Okay, yeah. Sounds like a a plan. Excellent. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you so much for being here today, Tom. I appreciate your being on and talking to uh, the listeners about your books. Thanks for the
1: invite, Debbie. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I will... Turn it back over to me then, I think, if I can do this right. There yes, I see? go. I knew I could do it. Did very well. Very good. Thanks so much. Thank and you. For, sure thing. Hang on yeah. so we can do the uh, bonus episode as well. Okay. Um, so, for all of you listening, I just wanted to say this is the final episode of season eight, and I cannot believe that it's been eight years. And that will be coming up on a 10-year anniversary at some point, assuming I last that long. I'm thinking I will. I'm not that old. Um, It's hard to believe. Um, Anyway, I'm booked all the way into season 11, if you can believe that. So um, there will be content. (laughs) And I'm um, thinking over various options in terms of perks to offer on Patreon things I could do with the podcast, maybe do a scripted podcast at some point. We'll see. In any case, thank you for listening. Um, In the meantime, take care. And when I see you, till I see you in June, or hear you, or you hear me in June, one way or the other, happy reading. Talk to you later.